The following program is furnished by The Truth About Your Future, LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager, and by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions, and by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100, and by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE, but EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. This is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. And now your host, Rick Edelman. Welcome to the program. On this week's show, a crucial detail about your financial plan. Plus, you know about the S&P 500, but what about the NASDAQ 100? And we'll talk about correlation, why that matters for your investments, the latest and greatest about exponential technologies, and Gene's Word of the Week. We're going to begin this week's show by taking a look at this past week in the market. Monday, the NASDAQ, S&P 500, and Dow Jones Industrial Average all fell 5% before closing half a point higher. The Dow was down 1,100 points by noon, but ended the day with a gain. Tuesday was equally volatile, too, and so was Wednesday. Market way down, then way up, way down again. Never before have we seen such market swings in a single day. It shows that investors are confused, don't know what's going to happen next, don't know what to do. Does that sound like you? Since 2019, the stock market's risen an average of 20% a year. Last year, the markets were up 26%. Now, since 1926... The stock market, on average, rises 10% a year. A 20% gain every year for three years on average, that is ridiculously high, and it's also unsustainable. The Russell 2000 last year was up 17%. It's down 10% so far this year. And why not? A third of the companies in the Russell 2000 were unprofitable last year. So the question isn't, why is the Russell index down 10% this year? It's, why was it up 17% last year? Investors are saying that they made a mistake. They're now correcting their mistake by readjusting stock prices. So they're lowering the prices for stocks to make them more consistent and relevant to the profitability of the companies. So when prices get lowered by 10%, that's what it's called, a market correction. Frankly, in a lot of cases, the stock market losses are a lot more than 10%. 175 of the stocks in the S&P 500 are now 20% below their highs. In the NASDAQ, there are 3,600 stocks. 70% of them are down 20% or more from their highs. In the Reddit chat room, Wall Street Bets, you know, that's where new investors last year learned about GameStop and AMC Theaters and Dogecoin. Well, those are no longer popular. That fad is over. GameStop is down 30% this year. AMC is down 40%. Peloton went public in 2019 for $29 a share. It's now trading for less than that. We haven't seen a 10% correction overall on the market since March of 2020, nearly two years ago. That was when the pandemic started. So yeah, it takes something big to trigger big market losses. And there's a lot of big stuff happening today. 40% of Americans say they're going to quit their jobs this year. 
Companies everywhere are struggling to find workers. Interest rates at historic lows, inflation at a 40-year high, taxes going up this year, supply chain problems causing shortages and price increases. The dollar rose last year to the highest value since 2015. It makes it cheaper for us to buy foreign goods, but foreigners pay more to buy U.S. goods. That's bad for U.S. business. Let's look at interest rates. They're at historic lows, and the Fed says they're going to start raising interest rates in March. Many are expecting a half a point increase with more to come after that. In 2005, the Fed raised rates six times in a single year, nearly two percentage points. This is a big conundrum for savers and investors. You're earning 1% in a bank CD, but prices are rising 7%. You're losing 6% on every dollar you've got in the bank. You want your money to be safe. That's why it's in the bank. You don't want risk. Guess what? You're going broke safely. So, You look at something else. Let's not put money in the bank. Let's look at bonds. Well, they offer higher rates than bank CDs. The 10-year treasury is now 1.7%. But let's say that rates rise 1%. If you sell your bond, you'd lose 5%. If it's a 30-year treasury, you would lose 15%. If rates go up 2 percentage points, you'll lose 30%. And if you've got an investment-grade bond with a AAA rating and the rating gets cut to junk bond status you could lose as much as 75% of the bond's value. 5% losses, 15%, 30%, 75% losses. We usually think of that with stocks, not bonds. But that's the world we're in today. And last week on Everyday Wealth, the program that airs right after this one, Gene Chatsky and Soledad O'Brien featured economist Larry Kotlikoff of Boston University. He said that investors should, quote, stay miles away from long-term government bonds and even short-term and intermediate government bonds because bond prices have only one place to go, and that's down, unquote. He's right. And guess what? I don't own any bonds. The money I would have had in bonds, the money I used to have in bonds, I now have it in cash and money market funds, bank CDs, and short-term treasuries. But those rates are really low, and I'm losing money on them because of inflation, putting me right back where we started. What a conundrum. So what are the alternatives? How about real estate? Well, home prices soared 18% last year. The average house in America is now almost $400,000. Mortgage rates last year were 3%. Pretend you bought it with no money down. Monthly mortgage payment, $1,700. Say you want to sell the house. Your mortgage is 3%, but if the buyer has to pay 1% more, if the buyer has to pay 4% because interest rates have risen, the buyer will have to pay $200 a month more than you pay for that mortgage. They can't afford that. So how do you get them to get the same mortgage payment as you? you got to sell them the house for less than you paid. That $400,000 house is now only $350,000. Your house just fell 12% in value. And if mortgage rates go up to 5%, that $400,000 house falls to $315,000, a loss of 21% since June. So what does all this mean for housing prices and for the number of homes that are going to get sold? Fewer sales mean fewer real estate commissions, fewer mortgages, fewer title settlements, fewer orders for moving companies, less furniture and TVs get bought, and so on. This drags down the whole economy. Bitcoin? Well, that's down 50% since its high on November 10th, fifth time in history that Bitcoin has lost 50% or more. The stock market has lost 50% or more five times too since 1929. And in the middle of all this, as you're dealing with all this conundrum, is politics. Everybody seems to be unhappy with President Biden. His ratings are at the lowest of his presidency, among the lowest of any president. 
I'm not going to bother getting into the fierce debates about immigration and gun control, Roe v. Wade, mask mandates, but I will ask this. Are we about to go to war with Russia? We've got an election in November. Control of Congress is up for grabs. So add it all up. Pretty much conundrum. Bonds, well, they're pretty much guaranteed to lose money this year. Thanks to inflation, you're definitely guaranteed to lose money in bank accounts, money markets, CDs, and treasuries. Real estate prices are iffy. Stock market and Bitcoin have already fallen 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% or more. What should you do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm buying two things, stocks and digital assets. Didn't I just say they're down 10, 20, 30, 50%? That's why I'm buying. Prices are low, and the time to buy is when prices are low. I'm buying the assets that have fallen the most, and I'm buying the assets that have the best long-term prospects. And for me, that means exponential technologies and digital assets. And I'm doing that in three ways. Number one, dollar cost averaging. This is where we invest slowly over time, a specific amount of money on a regular interval. For example, if you have $100,000 to invest, I wouldn't invest it all at once. I would invest eight grand a month over 12 months. By dollar cost averaging, we get the average low cost over the course of the year. It's a great way to reduce the risks of investing in a period of volatility. Second is rebalancing. Recognizing that some assets have fallen in value more than others, other assets have actually risen, rebalancing helps us restore our portfolio back to its original condition. It helps us avoid big risk by over-concentration in the portfolio that would otherwise occur. Rebalancing is really important. And third, a really nifty tax trick that I love to use called tax loss harvesting. If we've got gains in one asset, losses in another, let's sell a little bit of both. We can use the losses to offset the taxes on the gains. And remember, it's not how much we earn, it's how much we keep net of tax that matters. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Dollar cost averaging, rebalancing, and tax loss harvesting. History tells us that market declines are always buying opportunities for long-term investors. It's as simple as that. Market declines are always buying opportunities for long-term investors. But Rick, how can this be? Isn't inflation destroying corporate profits? We'll talk about that when the truth about your future continues. Stay with us. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of Innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Be an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the prospectus at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Are you interested in investing in digital assets, but find it all a bit complicated? Here's an easy way you can invest in Bitcoin and other top digital assets. The Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol BITW. It's the first and still biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets, and it rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. At Bitwise, we do it all for you. We want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors, as well as financial advisors and institutions across the country. Crypto is all we do at Bitwise, and we have a four-year track record, four dozen employees devoted entirely to digital assets, and $2 billion in assets under management. If you agree that digital assets belong in your diversified portfolio, take a serious look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. Want to start investing? One thing is certain, trusted is always better than trendy. With a new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. Those are companies they actually recognize, like Amazon, Apple, and Google. There are also videos, guides, and other helpful tools, plus investment professionals 24-7 to answer your questions. To see the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit, go to schwab.com slash starter kit. Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future. We've been talking about the volatility in the markets and the impact of inflation. Isn't inflation destroying corporate profits? No, and here's why. Companies just raise their prices with inflation. They pass the cost to you. Frankly, some of them exploit it to boost their profits. Here's an example. Tillamook ice cream sandwiches, $3.99 for a pack of four. Those ice cream sandwiches used to be three and a half ounces. Now they're just three ounces. That's equal to a 15% price increase. But if inflation is only 7%, they're pocketing the other 8% gain. They're making more profit than ever. Companies across America are doing this. Amazon dishwasher pods, same price, but you get less of them. Truth protein bars, General Mills Golden Graham cereal, Domino's has $7.99 wings, but you don't get 10 wings, you only now get 8, a 20% decline. Look, I get it. You need help with all this, figuring it all out. So... Real fast, I'm putting together an urgent webinar for you. It's this Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Back when I was with Edelman Financial, I used to write client updates whenever there was a market meltdown. Well, I'm not with Edelman Financial anymore, so instead of writing a letter to my clients, I'm going to present a webinar for everybody, for free, and that means for you. Sign up for my webinar. It's this Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And I'll tell you what's going on, what you should be thinking about for your investments right now. And we'll do a lot of Q&A, so you can ask me your questions during the webinar. You can even send in your questions in advance. Register for free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com for this free special event webinar this Thursday at 2 p.m. Thetruthayf.com. And not only do we have to deal with all the issues we're facing today, we can't lose sight of the fact that we have to stay focused on our long-term future. As we've explored over the past several weeks on this program with interviews involving Paul Irving of the Milken Institute Center for the Future of Aging and Ken Dykewald, the founder and CEO of AgeWave, and who in coming weeks you'll meet Dr. Laura Karstensen of the Stanford Center on Longevity, 
we need to plan that we are going to live to age 100. That isn't something that anybody has ever warned you about. And the word warn is appropriate here. See, I'm not worried that you're going to live to age 100. That is extraordinarily exciting. Medical science, thanks to advances in AI, robotics, nanotech, biotech, bioinformatics, neuroscience, and medicine, these advances in technology are wiping out the leading causes of death allowing us to live longer, healthier lives. Living to age 100 is going to be exciting. But it raises the question, will your money last as long as you do? This means our money has to grow exponentially as well. If we're going to live to an exponential old age, our money has to keep up. And if we're going to earn the rates of return that traditional investments of the 20th century have provided, My fear, my worry, my warning for you is that you may not have the retirement security that you think you have. Oh, it's pretty easy to invest, earn the typical rates of return of the stock and bond markets of the last 50 years and amass enough money so that when you retire at 65, your money will last all the way to 85. And back when you were in your 20s, That was a reasonable expectation for longevity. Retirement at 65, living to 85. But today, you tell me how many members of your family are well past age 85. How many of your elders ever made it to 90, 95, even 100? My grandmother lived to 101. That was 20 years ago. My mom passed just last year at 93. Her brother, my uncle, is still going strong at age 94. My uncle on my other side of the family, he's 96 and still going strong. We need to recognize that living to ripe old ages is becoming increasingly common. And we need to assume that our money has to last a much longer period than we ever thought. And so this comes down to the question of financial planning. I hope you have obtained a financial plan from a professional financial planner. I hope you work with a financial advisor to help you map out your future, create an investment portfolio designed to get you the financial security you're going to need throughout your very long and growing retirement. But let me ask you this. There are lots of assumptions that you make when creating a financial plan. We make assumptions about how much money we're saving on an annual basis between now and retirement. We make assumptions about how long we're going to live, how much money we're going to spend on an annual basis once we're in retirement. So let me go back to that one I mentioned a moment ago. How long we're going to live. What did you assume in your financial plan? What number did your financial planner plug in to that financial planning software? What's the rate of return you're expected to earn? Think about this for a minute. If your financial planner gave you a financial plan that said, based on your current rate of savings, based on the amount of money you already have, based on the age at which you plan to retire, based on the rate of return we think you're going to earn, you're fine. Your financial plan will prove to be a success. You have reached the pinnacle of the American dream. Wonderful. Except for one thing. What was the age 
that your financial planner assumed that you and your spouse would live to? Did your planner assume that you would live to age 85? Or did your planner assume you might live, one of you or both of you, to age 90 or even 95? Here's the thing. If your financial planner assumes that you're going to live to age 85, the financial planning projections may well show success. This financial planning calculation works. If you live to age 85 and you keep saving as much as we project and you earn the rate of return that we think you're going to earn, everything will be wonderful. But what happens if you live beyond age 85? What if you live to age 90 or even age 95? What I have found by running thousands of financial planning calculations over the course of my career as a financial advisor, the age of life expectancy matters tremendously. In other words, a financial plan that shows success for you living to age 90, if you change that assumption to age 100, the financial plan that previously showed success suddenly shows failure, meaning the money might last to age 90, but it doesn't last to age 100. And that's the question I put to you for you to put to your financial planner. What is the age you are projecting that my spouse and I will live in our financial plan? If your advisor isn't assuming that you're going to live to age 100, you might want to consider adjusting that financial plan. We'll continue our conversation about living not to age 85, but age 105. I'm Rick Edelman. If you can't listen to the entire program, listen to the podcast at thetruthayf.com. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the way we live and work and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At GlobalX, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long-term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. Think blockchain, lithium battery technology, solar energy, and other structural shifts in the economy and society at large. Explore how these themes can be integrated into your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor. I'm happy to tell you that Edelman Financial Engines is a sponsor of this program and podcast, and they have their own show and podcast that you'll hear right after this program. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Soledad is a Peabody Award-winning journalist. Gene is a best-selling financial writer. They'll explore the financial decisions you face and how those decisions affect your life. They're joined each week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts to share the insights and strategies you need from managing your wealth and generational planning to retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here each weekend after this program for Everyday Wealth. And for more information, visit everydaywealth.com slash radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. Bringing clarity to a complex and changing world. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman.
Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future. We need to have a conversation about how long we're going to live, not to age 85, but to age maybe 105. My concern is that many folks are working under a false set of assumptions. So here's the point. If I had a financial plan that was projecting that I was going to live to age 85, I would go to my financial planner and I would ask my financial planner to rerun the numbers to assume that I and my spouse are living to age 100. Because too often what I have found when I was a financial planner conducting these financial planning projections for my clients for years, a financial plan that shows success at age 85 fails to age 100. Meaning there's enough money at age 85, but the money runs out before the client reaches age 100. And so I would want to have the confidence of knowing that if I live to age 100, if my spouse lives to age 100, we will have money to carry us through. Because we know that as we age, health care costs increase. At least that's the way it is so far. That's the way it's been historically. And it's reasonable to assume that's the way it's going to be in the future. So we want to know that we have sufficient funds. And the best way to do that is to make sure that our financial plan is using a realistic set of assumptions. And I don't believe that using an age 85 or even an age 90 or 95 is a reasonable set of assumptions for today's exponential world that we are finding ourselves living in. It's been a wild week in the markets, a lot to be worried about. The stock market's down 10%, interest rates at historic lows, inflation at a 30-year high, taxes going up. In the face of all this, what should you do with your money right now? Join me for a special urgent webinar. It's this Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, and it's free. In this one-hour webinar, I'll tell you what's going on and what you need to think about for your investments right now. We'll do a live Q&A as well, so you can ask me your questions, and you can send in your questions in advance, too. Register at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com for this free special event webinar this Thursday at 2 p.m. The Truth. AYF.com. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. Every week, I like to bring you the latest and greatest in the field of exponential technologies. Hey, you know you can now choose from more than 100 automobiles that are electric vehicles. The average sticker price has gone down 30% over the last seven years. The average range, the distance they'll travel, is up 45%. The Ford F-150 Lightning, it's an electric pickup truck. It's under $40,000. Ford got 200,000 pre-orders for it, and 75% of them have never bought a Ford before. The Nissan Leaf electric vehicle, the price went down from 32000 to 28000 making it even cheaper now than a Honda Civic. Uh, or the Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, Mini, Volkswagen, they've all got electric vehicles under $40,000. So it's pretty clear that you probably have purchased your last internal combustion engine automobile. You know that one of the sponsors we have on the program is Invesco and their flagship ETF, QQQ. Um, we've gotten a bunch of questions from folks who are asking, QQQ, what on earth? <laughs> That's such an unusual name for, for an ETF. Why do I like this fund? And so I figured, well, instead of my trying to explain it to you, let me just bring on Ryan McCormick. He is the chief strategist at 
Invesco for the Invesco QQQ. So, Ryan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick. Great to be here. So let's just put it to you flatly. What is QQQ? If you turn on CNBC or or, or any sort of financial news network, you, you probably can't go 10 or 15 minutes without seeing a commercial for, uh, for, for QQQ. If you're, if you're more of a sports fan, you may recognize it as the official ETF of the NCAA. You know, to your point, what is QQQ? Right now, it's the fifth largest ETF listed. Um, it's the second most actively traded ETF. And it's an ETF that has 22 years of, of live track record, which is, you know, frankly, something that not a lot of funds can, can boast. Um, QQQ tracks the NASDAQ 100. Well, let me let me let me stop you there for a second. Let, let's make sure people understand what we're talking about with the Nasdaq 100. So we've all heard of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, and that's the 30 biggest companies in America, one from each industrial sector of the economy. There's the S and P 500, which is the 500 largest stocks in America, uh, regardless of industry. And then there's the Nasdaq 100. And so describe exactly for us what is the Nasdaq and what is the Nasdaq 100. Yeah, so you know, Nasdaq is 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 kind of came to prominence as the world's first electronic exchange. So what we've seen, you know, going back to 1985, are are, are very kind of forward-thinking, technologically oriented companies that have have been drawn to listing on on the Nasdaq exchange. And you know, since that time, it's it's really matured into the preeminent large cap growth index um, out there in the world. So in other words, companies, when they decide to go public, have a choice of where they want their stock to be listed. You know, it's not the same as, say, toothpaste. If you're if you're making Colgate toothpaste, you can put your toothpaste in every supermarket in the country. You can get your toothpaste at Safeway, Trader Joe's, CVS pharmacies. Toothpaste is available at every marketplace. But in the stock market, that's not how it works. In the stock market, you've got to decide where you want your stock to be made available. So you can list it in the New York Stock Exchange, or you can list it in the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, or you can do it in the -the over-the-counter Stock Exchange, and so on. So companies will have their stocks available to investors in one place or another. And if you're an investor and you decide you want to buy IBM, your brokerage firm will go to the exchange where IBM trades. In IBM's case, it's the New York Stock Exchange. But in other companies' cases, that trades on the NASDAQ. And as Ryan, you mentioned, NASDAQ is now a very big deal. It's, it's as significant as the NYSE. And investors realize now that this is a big deal. So the NASDAQ created its own index, the NASDAQ 100, which is the 100 biggest stocks trading on the NASDAQ. It doesn't include banks and it doesn't include Wall Street firms. Exactly right. There are no energy stocks. There are no material stocks and no real estate stocks that have made it into the NASDAQ 100 index. Or So if you don't have those stocks in the NASDAQ 100, then what stocks are there? It lends itself to more growth-oriented companies. Around 50% of the exposure is made up of tech companies, but you also have significant exposure to consumer discretionary stocks, communication services stocks, biotech, bioscience, even medical device companies. Um, companies across the world of, of healthcare, stuff like, like gene mapping or gene sequencing, you know, 
relies heavily on the use of, of computing power and technological solutions. And a company like Tesla, well, are they a pure car company? Are they a battery company? You know, where does the use of autonomous driving come in? So, you know, you look at these companies and I think it, it's become harder and harder to put them in a designated technological sector because, you know, they're very well diversified across a, a, a number of different industries. QQQ isn't just a technology fund, but it is made up of uh, 100 of the most technologically oriented, innovative stocks and, and companies that are out there. And you've mentioned that it is the fifth largest ETF in the industry. Uh, the biggest ones are those that track the S&P 500 stock index. The QQQ is tracking the NASDAQ 100 index. And so the S&P is more familiar to a lot of people and it's 500 stocks. The NASDAQ not quite as familiar and it tracks 100 stocks. But the fact that it's the fifth largest is really saying something about its popularity. It's also one of the oldest. The fund is what, 22 years old now? Yes. Think back 22 years ago, the ETF marketplace was very new uh, and it was really taking quite a bit of forward thinking for Invesco to not only create an ETF, but to create an ETF that was focused on the NASDAQ 100 index as opposed to the S&P 500 index. So this is why it has such a long track record, why it has proven to be so popular. Uh, But there's one question I've just got to ask you because this is the one that I get most often. Why on earth is it called QQQ? And Rick, I, I, I wish I, I knew the, the answer to that. <laughs> There's a lot of rumors that, that have been have been kind of a, a, a spiraling around. Now, when QQQ was looking to be launched, it, it, it had originally not listed on, on NASDAQ. And, you know, it's it, it was trying to get the symbol just one Q. But those single letter tickers were reserved for the companies on the big board. Meaning the New York Stock Exchange. And, and from there, it had this iteration where, okay, it'll it'll be called the triple Q, the quad Qs, which at one point it was QQQQ. Now back to the cubes, which is QQQ. Um, so there, there, there's a lot of, of, of different rumors. And, you know, I think you can kind of pick the one that, that works. If there are any mutual funds or ETFs in this country that are household names, the Invesco QQQ certainly has to qualify. Uh, And so since it's so pervasive in the marketplace, I thought it made a lot of sense to bring Ryan here to explain what that fund is, to help you understand it, to help you decide whether it's something you want to invest in. I'm a big fan of the fund. Gene and I personally own the Invesco QQQ ETF. Uh, You know how strongly I'm in favor of exponential technologies and the growth of that sector, that I believe it should be a significant part of your investment portfolio. And Invesco's QQQ gives you a wonderful, easy, convenient, low-cost way for you to give yourself the exposure you're looking for in the technology space. So that's why I'm really glad to have Ryan here with us on the show today. Ryan, thanks for that explanation. I appreciate your joining us. That's Ryan McCormick, ETF strategist for Invesco and the Invesco QQQ. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future. Do you know anyone who's a new investor? You can help make it easier for them to get started. With the new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. Those are companies they actually recognize, like Amazon, Apple, and Google. 
There were also videos, guides, and other helpful tools, plus investment professionals 24-7 to answer their questions. To see the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit, go to schwab.com slash starter kit. Choice is changing the way Americans save for retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin, crypto, and other alternative assets inside your IRA. That's right. When you open both a deductible and a Roth IRA with your Choice account, you can buy real Bitcoin and or any of 22 other digital assets. In your Choice account, you can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, you name it, all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, and you get more control over your retirement savings. You can also access Choice via your financial advisor. So if you have a professional managing your money, tell your advisor to get set up with Choice so they can help you access Bitcoin and other alternative assets in your retirement account. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Exponential technologies are transforming the way we live and work and creating new investment opportunities along the way. But where to start? At GlobalX, we have spent more than a decade focusing on long-term emerging trends, what we call thematic growth. Think blockchain, lithium battery technology, solar energy, and other structural shifts in the economy and society at large. Explore how these themes can be integrated into your portfolio at GlobalXETFs.com or ask your financial advisor. This is The Truth About Your Future. I'm Rick Edelman. You know I'm a big fan of Bitcoin and digital assets. Why, however? Well, there are a lot of reasons, and I'll cite one of them for you. Correlation. Well, what's that? Correlation is what we use to examine and compare one investment to another. In other words, if we have two investments and they move identically in sync, they are positively correlated. They both move together. Well, that would be kind of silly. What's the point of owning both if there's no difference between them? The whole point of diversification is to own investments that are negatively correlated. One goes up while the other goes down. This reduces your risk, and that's a key element of successful investment management. But the ideal is not merely having assets that are negatively correlated to each other. The ideal is to have assets that are non-correlated, which means this asset moves completely independently from other assets. And guess what? Bitcoin is the only asset ever devised that is non-correlated to all other asset classes. This makes it a perfect addition for adding it to a diversified portfolio. Non-correlation. It's a big deal in money management, and Bitcoin gets it right. If you'd like to learn more about blockchain and digital assets, order my new book, The Truth About Crypto, my straightforward practical guide to introduce you to the most profound innovation for commerce since the invention of the Internet. The Truth About Crypto. It's fun to read, easy to understand. Order your copy now at Amazon or your favorite bookseller. You've really got to ask yourself, if you don't own Bitcoin or any other digital asset, why not? What are you waiting for? Well, 
I'll tell you what you're waiting for. You're waiting for all the fraud and all the crime to go away because it's still rampant out there. The SEC recently filed a case against BitConnect, an online crypto lending platform, alleging that they defrauded investors of $2 billion. Global fraudulence of unregistered offerings of investments involving digital assets. They sold securities in a so-called lending program that falsely said they would generate ridiculously high rates of return. Instead, they siphoned off all the money for their own benefit. The SEC also says that BitConnect established a network of promoters around the world, paid them commissions whenever somebody invested, and then didn't disclose the payments. So, yeah. You've got to be careful when you explore this new asset class. Scam revenue is up 81%, according to federal regulators. Consumers worldwide lost nearly $8 billion. Here's one really popular scam you need to be aware of. It's called a DeFi rug pull. DeFi? That's decentralized finance. That's the world of the internet using blockchain technology. What's a rug pull? Well, just imagine what that is. You know exactly. You're standing on a rug. Somebody pulls it out from under you and you go crashing to the floor. 37% of all the scams involving crypto involve a rug pull. What exactly am I talking about? It's where somebody goes online, offers a fake crypto project, encourages you to invest, and after you do, they steal your money. They pull the rug out from under you. You need to make sure you're protecting yourself. And this is why you need to be working with a financial advisor who can give you the guidance you need so that you don't get yourself into trouble. And it's not even getting yourself in trouble because you got suckered in a scam. It's pretty easy to avoid them these days. An equally problematic area is that you don't really understand how all this works. Let me illustrate this for you. 26% of Americans now own Bitcoin, one out of four U.S. adults. But in a survey by Fidelity, 38% of those who own Bitcoin don't know that when they sell it, they're creating a taxable event. How can it be that you're buying something without understanding how the taxes work by owning it? This is exactly my point. You need to make sure you're aware of how all of this works. Another illustration, Ethereum, the most exciting digital asset, in my opinion, I own more Ethereum than I do Bitcoin. About half of Americans say they're aware of Ethereum, but 74% say they're aware of Dogecoin. That's really scary because Dogecoin is a joke. It's a scam. It has nothing to do with the legitimate offerings that are available in the blockchain space. It was created as satire. But 50% more people are aware of Dogecoin, which is a joke, than they're aware of Ethereum, which is the most profound new digital asset technology in the marketplace. This is illustrating the fact that a lot of people are getting their information from the wrong sources. And some people are getting simply carried away. CNBC's survey of millennial millionaires found that not only do 83% of them own crypto, half of them have at least half their money in crypto. That is ridiculous. That's getting too carried away.
You know, when I got involved with Bitcoin back in 2012, it was a totally different environment. Back then it was new. It was scary. There were horror stories like Silk Road and Mt. Gox. Silk Road was the dark web. People were using Silk Road to hire hitmen and to buy drugs and guns online. Mt. Gox was one of the first Bitcoin exchanges, and it collapsed in a horrible situation with people losing millions and millions of dollars. But that was back in 2011, 2012. The industry has grown up a lot since then. Today, there are so many ways, different ways, you can invest in this new asset class. You don't even have to buy Bitcoin anymore to be invested. Just think of the California gold rush. Who made all the money back in the 1850s in California? It wasn't the gold miners. It was Levi Strauss. Don't mine for gold. Sell the miners blue jeans. You can now do that with ETFs. It's the picks and shovels method of investing. You don't have to engage directly. You can instead invest in the companies that are building the infrastructure that allows all of this to work. You don't have to manufacture cars. All you got to do is invest in the companies that are building the highways and the toll booths and the traffic lights. Invest in the infrastructure. And this is why I encourage you to learn more about it. And I'm sure you've got questions. And if you do, as you do, send them to me. I'll tackle your questions for you, and I'll give you two ways to do it. You can record your question on your smartphone and send it to me to askrick at thetruthayf.com or go to my website, thetruthayf.com slash radio and schedule yourself to have a conversation with me on this program. And I'll talk with you about your question. I'll get you the answers you need to help you make sense out of this newest asset class. I'm Rick Edelman, and this is The Truth About Your Future. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, a visit by my wife, Jean Edelman. Jean, a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean. Hello. Good to be with you. Today, I wanted to talk about prayer. Prayer keeps us still. Prayer keeps us quiet and in the moment. And prayer keeps us connected to our higher power. Prayer helps us feel connected to others. And we can help others when we pray for them. Prayers can also be silly. Like, I wish to win the lottery. Or, I pray that my niece passes her exam or I pray that I'm not late for the meeting, or I pray that this meeting goes well. We all pray. We all ask for things in our life. And when we ask for these things, it's an equalizer because we are all asking for a better life. We're all asking for happiness. We're all asking that our children do well and that our children are safe. We ask that our parents are healthy. We ask and we pray for our siblings. We ask and we pray for our friends. And so this week, it's just very simple. My word of the week is pray. P is the power, the power of our words, the power of our intentions, and the power to allow miracles to happen around us. The R is for ready, because when we are ready and open-minded, many wonderful things can happen around us. The A is for affirm. When we affirm our beliefs and we stand strong in who we are, lots of wonderful things happen around us. And the why is for yes, because yes, we can believe in all things. 
And these prayers, this prayer, it doesn't have to be fancy. It could be one quick little sentence when we walk into that meeting or when we start our day or when we end our day. A prayer could be as simple as thank you. And so I thank you and I wish for you to have a wonderful, happy, healthy week. That's my wife, Jean Edelman, here on The Truth About Your Future. Are you interested in investing in digital assets but find it all a bit complicated? Here's an easy way you can invest in Bitcoin and other top digital assets. The Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol BITW. It's the first and still biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets and it rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. At Bitwise, we do it all for you. We want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors, as well as financial advisors and institutions across the country. Crypto is all we do at Bitwise, and we have a four-year track record, four dozen employees devoted entirely to digital assets, and $2 billion in assets under management. If you agree that digital assets belong in your diversified portfolio, take a serious look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. We're about out of time here on The Truth About Your Future, but hey, stay tuned because Edelman Financial Engines has its own show and podcast you'll hear right after this program ends. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Soledad is a Peabody award-winning journalist. Gene is a best-selling financial writer. They'll explore the financial decisions you face and how those decisions affect your life. They're joined every week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts, where they share the insights and strategies you need from managing your wealth and generational planning to retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here, because every weekend, it's Everyday Wealth right after this program. And for more information, you can visit everydaywealth.com slash radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. That's about it for me here this weekend on The Truth About Your Future. Join me this Thursday, 2 p.m. for my free, urgent new webinar dealing with today's financial crisis. The Truth, AYF.com is how you register. Thanks very much for joining me on the program this weekend. I'm Rick Edelman. And that's my cue to exit. See you next week. As a reward, you'll have no radio for the rest of the week. Go to your room. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. Bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com slash QQQ. Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities. Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth AYF.com.